You do not want to ignore your reviews. You do want to set time in your busy schedule as a business owner to actually be able to look at those reviews. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with David Louch and Jason Hunt. Our mission with this show is to discuss all things business, digital marketing, sales, and mindset. It's our hope to empower entrepreneurs to get the most from their efforts so that they can focus on what they do best. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Merged Marketing Podcast. My name is David, co-host and producer, along with my partner, Jason Hunt. And today you are listening to episode 69. Our guest today is Jill Paquette, CEO at Come On Go Creative and Associates. Jill is an energetic, creative, strategic-minded, and digitally savvy communications leader with over 20 years of experience within a variety of industries. He has curated a solid record of success in helping entrepreneurs grow their businesses. He founded Come On Go Creative and Associates in 2013 and continues to operate a full-service virtual agency dedicated to helping small and medium-sized businesses with their digital and traditional marketing needs. He is passionate and committed to helping local businesses succeed in his home community of Milton, Ontario. Jill, thank you and welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thanks you for having me, guys. This is great. Yeah, we, uh, we're super excited about today's topic. I think it's uh, very relevant and, and very, very important. And that is your online reputation. But more specifically, what we're going to walk away with today, hopefully, is some helpful advice on how to handle those negative reviews when and if they come through. Because no matter what, shit happens, if I could say that, uh, and uh, we get negative reviews sometimes. So um, we're going we're gonna to talk to Jill today about how to handle those. Uh, but first, um, Jill, is there anything you want to go into in terms of your background as a business owner and, and more specifically a marketer? Um, well, sure. I could kind of, one thing I could mention is that, uh, you know, I kind of, um, <laughs> Funny enough, uh, I have more of a finance background was what I studied in. And I ended up uh, working in marketing because I, I really did find that marketing was a lot more uh, um, my jam, if you will. And it was a lot more. I was too extroverted yeah. for to being a, a, a number cruncher and a finance <laughs> is what I, I thought. So uh, so I ended up being in marketing and the, the rest is history. That That was my career path. And um, and here I am. So I decided to start and later in life, you know, when family, you know, priorities change, I decided, you know what, I need to start my own uh, business, be there for my girls and uh, have that flexibility, work life balance, work hard, play hard. Yeah, it's funny, it's funny how you come to that, um, that realization or that that epiphany when you find what you're you're in you're in your you're in your jam or you're in your zone and you're doing the right thing for for me I, I used to be in a rock band and i thought that was my thing 
And, you know, looking back in hindsight, it was the marketing of that band that I actually liked better than performing and singing the music. And uh, and that's what kind of drew me down this path. So it's interesting to hear that same type of scenario happen for you, Jill. And, and, and you know, it's, it's you know, finance isn't the sexiest marketing. That's for sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's true. It no. helps. <laughs> it, it, it helps, it, but it's it, not, definitely not as sexy. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely good to know when you want to uh, operate your own business. But it's funny you say that because I find that most most marketers that are in it today and love it today, they they kind of just fell into it. It wasn't something they started out in. They, you know, just like you, started out in a different section of a business or uh, went to school for something new, but they started working at a company and no one really knew what the hell was going on in their marketing and got assigned the task and boom, now they love it and they're doing it full time. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, well, let's uh, let's move into to a bit more of today's topic, and that is online reputation and 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 negative reviews. And before we get into the negative review part, Gil, can you please go into what online reputation means to you? It's a very broad term that maybe you can help our audience define. You know, what what are some of the things they need to to be thinking about and when it comes to their online reputation? That's that's a great question because today the the lines the lines are are becoming very much blurred between um, uh, branding, the branding of your company versus the branding of, of you as a personal individual. So that reputation, that overall reputation, okay, is now the those lines are blurred as well. So so what's happening is you become uh, your brand, you become an extension of like, if you think, I don't know if you, the best way I, the best example I often use, if you think of the way who we follow, you know, when we're following, uh, companies that we read, that we really like, we often will follow the individual running that company these days, rather than the company itself. Like I follow Richard Branson. I don't follow Virgin, uh, everything that Virgin does, but I follow Richard Branson as a leader and entre as a as somebody to follow. Bill Gates, those types. So they've built their brand, their personal brand, their reputation, and they're an extension of this huge company, this huge brand. So online reputation is like more. It's it's everything really it's like your company it's yourself it's it's how you govern yourself uh but i guess the key piece uh is um when things go awry how you handle those 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 problems or those that negativity that comes in when something didn't quite go the way you were anticipating and especially when these days everything is recorded uh everything is online you can't make things disappear uh like in the yesteryear you know when you got a bad letter you just shove it in a drawer and, you know you didn't <laughs> post that up. one on the bulletin board <laughs> you know <laughs> you just you know all the reviews were nice on the bulletin board and you, you know the bad ones were in the <laughs> in the drawer right you yeah. can't do that today no. so so you got to know how to handle it and how to how to yeah. how to handle that so i i would say online reputation is is your brand is you but also your company, it's your, it's everything. It's uh, you as an, a business owner as well. well I, I do want to touch on online reputation, but I want to bring it back for a second, Jill, to um, 
to what you're saying there about the personality of the brand, because that is so important, you know, how to, you know, differentiating an actual brand from the personal or the leader or the brand ambassador itself. Um, you know, we've tried to do that for ourselves at Merge Media is on our social channels is giving personality to the brand, it's giving personality to that logo. Um, you know, it's really tough to, to, to kind of come up with or create that personality. And maybe you can lend some tips into, into how to create that personality for a brand. Oh, sure. I'd love to. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Like one of the key things that I find that, that you want to start with is you really want to go through what values matter to you. And typically I bring people when I'm developing, helping people at the start of developing their business and developing their brand and figuring out what they stand for, I'll often ask them to list 10, 15 values, personal values that are values to them, honesty, integrity, uh, you know, all of these, these key words that, that come to, to light. Core values. Yeah, yeah, core values. And then I asked them to dwindle down those to about five, no more than five, three to five. And then when they, and those become core values of the brand that we build the personality you referred to, Jay, into building that personality into the logo that you're building or into the, so that those values transcend so that when you, the person are, doing social media when you're you're living and breathing your brand it your logo comes to life it becomes a personality like you like you just mentioned so that's one tip i can say is like if if you haven't done that exercise if you haven't put values on paper as of yet as to what your what are the values that you you cherish the most and how those align with your business that would be a great exercise to start with Awesome. That's a great, uh, that's a great tip. Great advice there. And I want to go back to something you said earlier when you were talking about just generally what online reputation is and how complex it is today. Cause it is, it's very, very complex web of you and your company and, and all the things basically. And, um, you, you were talking about how people like to do business with other people and, and not necessarily a brand and, you know, that is why influencer marketing, something that we've been talking a lot about lately on this show, is so incredibly powerful for any brand. Because if you're a big brand like Microsoft, you need to use influencers who can relate to people or that other people want to be like because they they are going to buy your service or your products from other people that they admire that are using it versus a brand. You know, and if you're starting out as a small business and you're you're the guy, you're the gal that's running that business, it sounds like it's almost to your benefit to to be the center of your brand as as an individual first, because that's what's going to attract people to want to do business with you. Um, is that what are your thoughts about that? Because often you no, hear absolutely. how I totally I couldn't agree more. Yeah, you're right. You want to be yeah. at that center, right? Because yeah. you're right. They want to deal with a person. And then, and then I think you raised a good point with the influencers as well is, is, you know, people, especially when you want to target a, a, a larger range of individuals, 
they want to relate to something that they relate to. So if you're in a different generation, for example, Gen X, well, you'll, you're going to want a Gen, a Gen Y or Gen, uh, Gen, uh, you know, millennial type of influencer there to kind of have them relate to your messaging and, uh, and so on. So, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more to what you're, you're saying, David. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause often, you know, business owners, as they start to scale and, and get bigger, they want to find a way to, to kind of remove themselves from the business or from the brand and, and kind of have things go more towards doing business with merge media versus Jason. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I, I guess it's kind of just like a delicate dance as you, as you scale to, to maybe find ways to get around that. So you're not the, the uh, bottleneck for your business as it grows. Good point. Yes. Yeah, exactly. There's that. Yeah. Yeah, you can easily get trapped, eh? Trapped yeah. in that vein and become that bottle. Yeah, I, I, bottle. I love the I love the strategy of having multiple. You know, if you're a, if you're a real estate firm, having multiple realtors, you know, representing your brand and and having it like a joint team effort, as opposed to just having the genius with a thousand helpers. You know, having actual active members on your team and think about ways of incentivizing them to promote the business on their own socials. I think that's a brilliant way to help grow a brand online. Would you agree, Joe? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, you want to, you know, you want to include as many personalities and as many psychographic profiles of different, uh, uh, different targets that, uh, that reach as much people as much people as possible like we all want to reach as much people as possible and that's a that's a common thing when we're doing you we're doing exercises with business you'll ask you'll ask them who their customers are and they'll tell you well everybody well yeah but you have an ideal customer right you have an ideal customer you have an ideal demographic psychographic profile then yeah of course when we're marketing we're going to try to get those to go after the mass Let, population, but but let's uh, dive into yeah. that. Let's, let's yeah. dive into that because I really like that um, this segue towards that because we're talking about on online reputation. But to really understand your online reputation and what you need to be doing, you do need to understand that audience. So, Joe, maybe you can lend some tips on how a small business um, can understand who that avatar is that they're after and understand the, the psycho. The cycle, the 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 mindset yeah, the behind that profiling and so yeah. on. Sure, yeah, no, I'd love to. I'd love to dive into that. Um, um, actually, building what they call like what you refer to as like your persona, like a target persona or avatar. Uh, we refer to an avatar. I think is a great exercise for um, uh, for people to do uh, for their business, especially if they've never done a business plan ever which it's surprising how much <laughs> how many customers you ask hey you know where's your business plan oh it's in here <laughs> yeah we've never really done that so uh but absolutely no so one of the key things that i find some of the questions you can ask yourself is the easy stuff first so demographics stuff that demographics are things that don't change typically they're, you set the range and they're static, they're static in nature. So for example, age, geographic location, uh, education, uh, household income, all these demographics of a certain target profile, right? And then you've got psychographic profiling, which touch, uh, those things can vary. 
so because they touch on lifestyle values and behaviors of diff of different uh different people so under lifestyle you have hobbies that they they might like to do uh car you know cars they drive <laughs> what kind of car do they drive what kind yeah. of magazine do they read because somebody who reads an economist magazine versus somebody who reads Chatelaine magazine is a little bit different, you know? So, so you get an idea or Oprah magazine, it's a little bit different what you're, what you're going to get there. Um, now along that same line, those same lines, polit you know, political views, that kind of stuff. If somebody's reading the national post versus the, uh, the Toronto star for, for instance. So, so there's a lot of, uh, little innuendos because these publications do a really good job at end identifying their readership. So when you use that to help psychographic profile, somebody, it really brings a lot to the table because they've done a lot of the legwork for you as to who their readerships are, are and what, what that profile looks like. So using that, uh, behaviors, you know, behaviors is, you know, are they family man? Are they, you know, are they more of a career focused? You know, I'm single and I love it and I just want to <laughs> be, go forget that Ferrari, you know, <laughs> you know, down the line, you know, so, uh, there's that. And then values, values we talked about. So, you know, values, are they religious or are they, uh, you know, are they, you know, you could touch on a lot of different things, you know, what are their values, honesty, integrity, uh, you know, shyster, <laughs> you don't want to go there, but yeah, yeah. Are they more, uh, you know, are they more slimy, uh, in nature? You know, like you want to look, you want to build that, that profile. Uh, so, so that's, that at least builds a persona, then put a face to it. What I typically do tell my clients is once you've answered all these questions, what they read, what they like, what, 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 what is a quote that you could picture them saying, you know, things like that. And you build that personality, then add a picture to it, find a picture on online that kind of depicts what that person would be. And then that becomes a key piece of your, your marketing plan and your business plan moving forward. So, and for, to control, to help with that online reputation, how to deal with these people, because you know more, uh, who your audience is. Is your marketing budget being put in the right place? And are you seeing an ROI on your marketing endeavors? You know, there's a good chance if you're only focusing on one channel, could be social media or putting all of your budget into Google ads, you're probably not seeing the return that you could potentially get by having an omni-channel marketing approach. Here at Merge Media, we have specialists in each of those areas, all under one roof, collaborating together in one space. The SEO team is talking to the social team. The social team's talking to the AdWords team and they're talking to the website team all at the same office, same desk under one roof. There's such an opportunity to that, which is why I merged my company and that was to better service our clients. If you think this might be a good fit for you or you're just not seeing the ROI on your marketing campaigns right now, then let's have a discussion and let's see if there's a fit. I think this is a perfect time to segue into the real tactical part of this episode. Now that we've discussed what online reputation is and um, maybe a few questions for you to sit down and I'm talking to the audience right now, sit down and ask yourself about your business uh, can really help you dig into who you are and who you need to go after. Um, and now as we move into 
the Google review side of things, and this is really talking to the small to medium sized businesses that are focused on growing their business at a local level. We had Dennis Yu on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he really talked a lot about Google My Business. And I'm willing to bet that when someone brings up the word online reputation to the average person, they probably think about their Google reviews. And that is a really great place to start because for the most part, those are the center of attention for consumers that are looking for a service or a product. They're Googling it, they're checking out your profile and they're seeing your reviews. So, Gil, how do we deal with, uh, with Google reviews, uh, both positive and negative, but focusing specifically on the negative because I, I am willing to bet a lot of people don't know what to do. They see it come in, they're frustrated, they're upset, they're sad, they're scared, they're feeling a bunch of things, and then nothing. Yeah. So where do we start? Well, definitely the first thing first is you do not want to ignore it. You do not want to ignore your reviews. You want to set a set time every week, two weeks, depending on the cadence of how many reviews you're getting, uh, you know, weekly. You do want to set time in your busy schedule as a business owner to actually go log into your Google My Business uh, and be able to look at those reviews because uh, you want to, one, you want to acknowledge the good reviews and you need people want to, you know, if they've taken the time, it's a lot easier for people to write and get motivated to write a review when it's bad, when it's negative, because, you know, they want to tell the world that they had a bad experience. But it's, a, you know, people who actually take the time to write a good experience. And if they've written a nice big paragraph, not just given you five stars, they've actually taken the time to say, I spoke to the owner. I love this. I you know, they did this. You know, you should take the time to also respond to that, uh, to that review. Uh, because one, the, the picture that it shows to the outside world, and you raised a good point, people search, right? Google is the front line when you think about it, because the first thing we go to when we go on the web these days, we don't just arbitrarily, you know, fall on something. We all we automatically go to Google and we search for something. So, so they're the front line for sure. So you want to make sure that you stay on top of your Google reviews and make that part of your regular your regular pro process, if you will, uh, weekly process. So it's not just the bad reviews you want to answer. You want to answer the good ones, uh, the good ones as well. Now, some people are saying, oh, you know, like, how can I delete this review? I got a bad review. You know, I, you know, this person, you know, you know, I was having a bad day. You know, the chef wasn't on point. Uh, if it's a restaurant and, you know, I just got a bad review. And well, you know what? You, one, I often tell my clients, if you're in a platform and you can delete it, I recommend you don't. <laughs> okay. I recommend you don't delete it, one. Because uh, people are savvy. Consumers are savvy. If you see somebody with 500 online reviews and they're all five-star, you kind of, you know, <laughs> typical. I don't know about you, but when I look for a vendor, I look for some and I want to see how they handle conflict. I want yeah. to see how they've handled, uh, you know, situations where they may have had a difficult customer or client. Well, that's the same thing I recommend to, to you know, to my clients is you want to leave those reviews, but you want to t 
target again you want to ask you want to make sure you answer those as well right away and you and the key thing there okay is to think about what is the outside world going to perceive it as often what happens is as a business owner typically who has access to these answering these reviews it's the business owner typically uh, in a medium or small business setting what happens with the business owner they get emotional because we're invested in our business so we let emotion get the best of us so what we need to do is we need to check our emotion at the door and think like one of our clients that would be then going and googling them googling myself and finding this review what would i'd like to see written on how this was handled the situation that this person took time to berate <laughs> you know berate my my and that's that's a key piece it's not easy for everybody to do so often what what some business owners do, which is quite smart, is they'll outsource that. They'll outsource that to an agency uh, such as yourself or such as us uh, to do the reputation management of that. That way we take the emotion out of it. We're, we're kind of always objective. Um, but the key piece, first, first things first, there's no harm in apologizing. You know, apologize, apologize, apologize. Because it doesn't matter right off the bat, you want to acknowledge their pain, you know, so you want to acknowledge their pain and you ha you need to do that because that's what the client coming in is going to want to see. So you want to acknowledge their pain, apologize for what they've gone through. All right. And then don't just do a boilerplate kind of a apology attack take pull out one or two bits of the information from uh from the review the negative uh, responses they've given you and tackle those two bits of information maybe one or two maximum and then you want to bring it offline the last thing you want is you don't want to have a conversation with this negative uh, reviewer that's all riled up you don't want this to become a conversation on Google, <laughs> you know, on the Google review response. So the key thing is to invite that person by way of incentivizing or, or invite that person to contact you, the owner back, uh, so that you can make it right. You can make the situation right. Cause it's a lot easier to give a free appetizer to this person the next time he he comes in than to know that he's going to be going to tell 10 20 people of his friends about his negative experience that he had at your restaurant so so that's really there's no real big magic to it but it's it's the biggest piece is not to get not to get in your own way <laughs> with yeah. your emotions with your we, emotions so. we we had a client not going to mention any names but this client is obviously <laughs> an entrepreneur like you said jill is very passionate about the business and he would get very heated on each and every one of his reviews like almost like you know who do you think you are to say that about my restaurant this that and the other yes and you got to think it's when you leave that response to a review it's not for that person that left a review it's for the 
tens of thousands of people of people that could potentially see that review and that interaction. And you got to think about them because those are the customers that are going to potentially read that response to the review and decide, hey, this guy didn't really get a fair shake. I want to go in there and give him my business because I think this potential customer maybe was just it really was just a bad day. And I'm not yeah. going to judge my my. I'm not going to make a judgment based on how I feel now on whether or not I should be a customer of this business. And it's all in that response. But if you see somebody heated at every single review that comes in, and it's good, you're going to paint a picture of that personality of that business owner, and you might not want to support that business. I remember, right. and I, I get it. Like uh, we had a, 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 at my last company, Fresh Crowd, um, social media agency, we had, we had one bad review on Facebook in, in four years. And, and that one review, uh, it was a one star. And it was funny because it came from somebody that was angry because I was calling, I was cold calling businesses. And I said, well, I can do your social <laughs> media better. And this person left a one-star review because it was the person doing the social media saying, well, this person was just too persistent in their sales tactics. So I originally, I wrote it all out. I was super pissed off at this one-star review. And then I just had to take a deep breath, walk away from my computer, come back in yeah. an hour, and then rewrite it. And I just said, well, hey, I'm sorry. Our sales team is just a little over ambitious and maybe a little over persistent, but hey, there's nothing wrong with that. We saw some opportunities that you can be doing better. And, and we let you know about those opportunities. And I left it at that. And you know what I mean? But it took actually stepping away from the computer and not typing on emotion to be able to give that response. And I think that's a big tip and takeaway for a lot of business owners out there when you get that notification of a one-star review. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that could be a tip that transcends to business owners, to even people who work in, in, in corporations. Like when your boss gets, sends you a berating mad, you know, don't answer right away. <laughs> you know, walk away. Like you say, take a deep breath, wait till the next morning, then, then target it. Cause you're right. Emotion will get the best of us mm -hmm. at every time. And it's, uh, it's so easy to, to get carried away. Right. And to want to tell them a piece of your mind, <laughs> get just your get mind. a punching bag, get a punching yeah. bag, take it out on a punching bag. Yeah. <laughs> Some on it. Yeah. It's, oh, sorry, it's, go ahead. Yeah. it's crazy. You're right. That was the big takeaway that I heard you say uh, a few minutes ago too there, Jill, like, you know, I'm not trying to push our service or your service here, but maybe if you're a local business that is getting a lot of reviews and don't don't know how to handle these situations, you hire somebody to to do your online reputation, which agencies like ours, both of ours, do yeah. offer. And and here's the the cold hard truth about it: like I, you, all of us here have training on how to respond to these situations and how to deal with these situations very effectively. We're all doing it for our clients, but it, it it's so true. The emotion, it can even get the best of us that know exactly what, what we are doing and how to deal with these. And it happened to me recently, you know, some, it wasn't a Google review, but someone left a, a really nasty post on Facebook about my parents' business. And oh, wow. I yeah. instantly went into like, like, like the Dave that I, I am and that I know would just went out the window and, and I responded because I know how hard my parents are working and how like they, they work 15 hours a day. They're 55 years old. They're killing themselves. And like to see something like that go up, pissed me off. So I, I responded, I shouldn't have, I should have taken that step back, but then I did, I took it offline and that was the end of it. But it just goes to show you that like emotion 
gets the best of us because we're building these businesses. There are babies. We have more context than perhaps that reviewer does and everybody else watching does, but you gotta, you gotta take a step back and deal with these things professionally. So um, just to, to review kind of what Jill went over today and how to respond to these negative reviews. And he basically just said, it's okay to apologize. First, you got to apologize. Then you want to promote it. Then you want to take the conversation offline, do everything you can to take that conversation offline and ultimately just keep it simple. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, what's interesting is when, when you do that over and over again, and when you start getting a lot of reviews and, and your clientele is, is, is really huge You'll often, and this is nowhere to lie, I have a client, a restaurant, a local restaurant here in town, uh, this happened. Your customers will come to your rescue yeah. <laughs> in some mm, situations. Like mm. you could get a negative review like down the line and all of a sudden your customers are responding <laughs> to, to, uh, to that person over, over you. And then in those situations, it's like, oh yeah, wow. You know, like that's when you know you're, you're, yeah. You've done the right thing every step of the way, because now they know your integrity. They know how you're 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 dealing with with the clients. So people will come to your to your defense, even so. So is it, which is interesting, which is yeah. interesting to see. So yeah, the whole social uh, social dilemma yeah. <laughs> there. <laughs> Definitely. Well, um, Jay, do you have anything uh, anything else for Jill before we wrap up? Yeah, Jill, uh, what would be the best way for our audience to get in touch with you if they have any questions about online reputation or anything that we discussed today? Um, yeah, no, absolutely. If they have any questions, they can reach me directly on my website, uh, comeongo.com, uh, or hello. My email is very easy. It's hello at comeongo.com. So, uh, uh, or my name, my first name. I don't usually use, uh, give that one out because it's hard. <laughs> I have to spell it every time. So, <laughs> so my first name at comeongo.com also comes directly to me. That's my personal email, but hello comes directly to that email as well. So yeah, awesome. so that's the best way. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, Jill, thank you so much for being on the show today. I think uh, we got a lot of value from this and our audience did too, which is great. And uh, we end our episodes with the same question every single week. And that is, if you could uh -huh. choose one person dead or alive yeah, to represent your brand, <laughs> who would it be and why? Uh, You're the only one, by the way, I think that has made it that far and <laughs> knew that was coming. So I knew it was coming. I watched some of your podcasts and I'm like, and I still think I'm going to get stumped. <laughs> what's, what's the song? Yeah. Oh, man. I think I had, uh, you know, I was thinking, I tried, I was, I was thinking along the lines of some rap, some rap songs, you know, like uh, Young MC, Bust a Move, you know, my, my generation. <laughs> all right. All right. As your brand or, advocate, as your brand yeah, yeah. advocate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, you know what? It's yeah. I was trying to think of some some yeah some good uh, some good brand, some good rap songs uh, that I used to listen to. Oh man! But uh, yeah, maybe you know, got to bust a move. You know, <laughs> love it. There it is. Let's do it. 
Young MC. Awesome. Young yeah. MC. Yeah. I love it. He'd do uh, wonders for your online reputation for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Oh, man. Awesome. I just like to think of Snoop Dogg, but I don't yeah. have any Snoop Dogg <laughs> <Yeah>. ones. Yeah. <laughs> Drop well, it Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on the show today, Jill, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Awesome. Another great episode with Jill. Um, you know what I liked about that episode, David, is talking about psychographics. Um, you know, we, we don't, I don't think we, we, we don't, haven't really dived that much into that in any of our episodes, but it's something that's so important, especially when launching a campaign and starting a campaign. I mean, um, one of the best campaigns that I think, you know, I've run for merged media is when we created, uh, I created a batch of ads around, um, you know, cottage getaway, you know, spend more time at the cottage. Yeah. And then, and then, and, and those ads did great because it was targeting people that were interested in Cottage Life magazine that were also interested in entrepreneurship. And it's just like hitting a nail on the head with that psychographic and the mindset of people are going through. People want to spend more time at the cottage, but how can they do that? They need somebody to, like us to do their digital marketing so they can make more money <laughs> and go to the cottage. So, yeah. you know, but it, it, it transcends towards every industry is understanding the psychographics of that target audience that is looking to buy your product, understanding the pain points and the problems that they're going through and addressing the objections, you know? Yeah, it is. Um, it's a very, very important exercise, but it is overwhelming and it is complex and there's a lot to it. So I can see why people might get uh, hung up on it. But yeah, it's uh, maybe something we should talk more about. Definitely. Awesome. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching on the socials. You know where to get at, David and myself. You can reach us podcast at merged.ca. You want to be a guest on the podcast? Hit us up, podcast at merged.ca. If you're listening to this on Apple, Google, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, make sure you subscribe. We want you to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Don't be good. Be great.